0: How would you like to have rock solid confidence in business when things get tough, such as algorithm changes, such as losing revenue, losing traffic, and hard things happening in business for you? Hi, I'm Jared Krause. I'm the host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. Today, I'm speaking with a dear friend of mine, very dear friend of mine, David Ralph. He is the stress-free businessman who teaches people how to build their dream business in just a few hours per week of work. We'll talk about how and why in the podcast. David has his own podcast. It's called Join Up Dots and it is in the top 0.5% of the best podcasts online. So it's better than the top 1%. A podcast online—it's huge. He's got three thousand episodes, massive following, and he's just a great human being. I've been on his podcast a few times, and this is the second time he's coming on my pod. He also talks about if you want to create the kind of income-producing, no boss, no hassles business—you know—that you can do in your underpants. David's the man. Now, in this podcast episode, David and I sort of—we don't talk about just growing businesses. We all the philosophies that we have, and we share are like things that we've learned through personal development, and we talk about how to have rock-solid confidence and how. How to build your trust muscle and how to trust yourself, how to trust not just the universe, but build and instill rock solid confidence in you that's not built on air and a fluff that allows you to get through these tough periods because it is a mindset game and you do need to have trust and we talk about how to do that. We also talk about a lot of personal development philosophies, things that we've learned that have used, things that we have used to a certain point and then we broke them down and why they don't work so much. We talk about towers, principles. We talk about so much about how to uncondition yourself from thoughts that you may never have thought you were having that are not your thoughts as well and how to just rock in business to build a business that is a lifestyle business that truly allows you to work just a couple hours per week or just focus on a couple of ITF, tasks per week, which is what I call important tasks first. This is by far one of my favorite podcasts. It's a long one. It's a genuine, heartfelt podcast. And there's so many things that we share that will not only rock the boat for you, but help you propel forward in your life, physically, mentally, and in business. Enjoy. Do you have a website you might want to sell either now or in the future? We have a hungry list of cashed up and trained up buyers that want to buy your content website. If you have a site making over $300 per month and want to sell it, head to buyingonlinebusinesses.co forward slash sell your business or email us at info at because we will likely have a buyer. Details are in the description. David, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast.
1: It's an absolute delight to be here. It's very, very early in the United Kingdom. I had to, to sort of like traipse myself up to the garden in the pitch black trying to find my way to my office because I don't normally do it this early. Um, but, no, it's an absolute delight, and I wouldn't be here for anyone Thank else. Thank you other so than much, Easter.
0: David. I really do appreciate it. You don't typically go on podcasts, and um, this is the second time, actually. So episode – I feel very privileged, and I'm sure everybody else listening should as well. Uh, last time you came on was episode 146. This is going to be episode 250-ish, 55-ish maybe. And so it's almost been two years since we released one of these a year. And I was on your pod just a, lot, well, a couple of weeks ago. We were recorded. And um, last time we chatted yeah. on our pod, this one, it was about the easy way to earn more with less stress. And that's what you're all about, right? And mm. I have learned so much from you on yeah. that. And I try and embed that and help others integrate that in their life, life as well. So I'm sure we're going to have some good fun tales to share today.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we've got the, the war wounds over the last sort of 10, 15 years mm. or whatever. And um, it's it's those kind of things that you look back. My podcast is yep. Join Up dots, as you know. And the the mantra of my podcast is that when you're in a dark time and you're having a terrible time, you think, how do I get past this? Just have faith that that's actually going to be the story that you tell in the pub mm-hmm. years later. That That's the one that becomes funny when mm-hmm. you look back on it. Um, and that's the one that you, you learn most from. Um, and so, yeah, so the, the rough times, the war wounds and stuff are the only way, I believe, that you actually yeah, get to where you want to be. absolutely,
0: absolutely. Uh, I have been sharing some war wounds lately. Um, like you said, we've been in business a long time, both of us, uh, and I've had to share some war wounds as stories to inspire people, especially in our audience, so they're going through some tougher times. Uh, and what's happened really in, in this online content space is Google's changed their algorithm. So they've uh, had a helpful content update and a lot of people listening, uh, buying businesses and own uh, content website businesses, so blogs, and the algorithm changed, and a lot of people have lost some traffic and some revenue, and it's a difficult time. And what's difficult about it is sometimes it's it's people's first time ever that they've had a uh, you know a big a big hiccup like this and a financial hiccup as well, and it's it's pretty damn stressful. Uh, you and I know that, uh, and it's. It's a part of it's a part of life. It's a part of business. We can't run away from things that happen. And it's a great. I look at it as a great. You know, you and I can look at this in hindsight um, through all the things that we've been through. We can see it as an opportunity, right? Typically, uh, my I know in my own health journey and business journey, the hardest times have been. I've grown the the furthest out of them because of those, and they have actually been a blessing and a gift. It's really, really tricky to tell that and people to hear that and have that land for them when they're in the thick of it. So how do you get through hard times in your business? And, and in you know, it's like we can relate it to life as well. Um, and how do you teach others to do the same thing as well? So what are some of the things that you do?
1: Well, I just want to touch base on what you were saying about the Google algorithms. And it used to be the penguin, the panda. There was always some furry animal linked to it. And I always say to the people that I work with, just focus on quality. The only thing that Google wants is the best stuff to be at the top. End of story. The whole business is based on when you type something in – you you get the best results. That's the only thing that Google does. So when people are chasing around going, Oh, my God, the algorithms changed and stuff. I always just say to them, focus on quality, focus on quality. And I think that's the sort of the message of my life, really, that I don't focus on more, more, more that I used to do. It used to be global domination was what I wanted. Um, Now I just focus on the, the quantity uh, sorry the, the quality and that could be personally um and sort of professionally now to answer your second question um how do you get through tough times i remember reading an article by paul mccartney years ago and um I, I looked back on this and i thought yeah he, he was right there and he said when the Beatles were getting going and we all know them as the Beatles now and they're global, you know, and how could they not be anything but the Beatles, you know, but there was a time that they were just four blokes dragging themselves around in a van, trying to get gigs in tiny little places. And there's a brilliant picture of them playing a small town hall on a Monday night in the United Kingdom. And there was more people on stage than in the, in the audience you know and so you think they started and when they got to a point where they didn't know how to get further and they wanted the bigger gigs and stuff they used to say something will happen something will happen and they proved that one night when they were driving through some really snowy mountaintops and their van went down into the ditch And this was before the time of mobile phones. This was the time of, you know, breakdown cover and all that kind of stuff. And um, they just said, don't worry about it. Something will happen. And I I remember reading that thinking to myself, it's all right to say, oh, you can say that because you're the Beatles. But they weren't the Beatles. They were just four people trying to get through. And I think that is what I try to focus in on in my life, that if I don't have the answer, if I'm going through a tough time, then kind of almost walk away from it. Don't think to yourself that you can force the issue and you can solve it. Just think to yourself, something will happen. And I find a lot of times when I'm going through tough times, when I walk away from it, I end up having a conversation or I end up having an email that comes through. There's always something that is waiting for you. To help you to the next stage, if you are quiet enough and you are reflective enough to actually see it, when you're going, Oh my God, how's this going to happen? What's going to happen? How are we going to get through the day? You miss all these opportunities that are actually sort of waiting there for you. Now, I, I know that we can say to people, you know, that are struggling um, and we can say to people that are just getting going and they can't see the wisdom in that. But it's been proven to me time and time again, years and years and years, that the less I stress about things, the less that I try to force things, actually, it just takes care of itself. Um, and so that's, that's my sort of answer to that. It, it wasn't me five, six years ago, 10 years ago, I was a real stress person. And I was one of those worst ones that looked like they weren't stressing it looked like they were sort of relaxing but inside i was sort of really in turmoil but now i just think if it's a bad time i'm going to go up a walk in the country i'm going to take a few days off i'm just going to leave it and i guarantee something will happen um that will sort of just click that door and then you can open the door and mm-hmm. you can go oh here we go that's where i need to go and more and often than not it's not what you were planning so such anyway. a good
0: point like uh that's so good like the it's so simple that people, people overlook this, David. You know, it, 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 is, it, it really is that if you are less stressed, you can see more opportunities. And uh, um, where was it? It was some, some video, um, professional surfer that was saying, um, when you talk less, you hear more. And it's a similar thing, right? Like, so when you stop doing, 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 you can see more. Uh, because you're you're being more present and you're not focused on the the future and and, and trying to di- and the past at the same time and trying to dig yourself out of the past into a illustrious future. Um, but first, they I do
1: think it's hard. I just jump in there. I do think it's hard not to be doing 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 when you're starting because you've got to get that momentum. You get to get that ball rolling. You've got to get the bills paid. You you know I I I totally accept that. Doing, doing, doing is very, very important. Um, and it's a leap of faith to go. I listened to these, these two guys on a podcast and they're saying, leave it for a few days, walk away when they're trying to pay the bills. I understand that totally, but it's still the right thing to do. It really is. Even if you're stressed, even if you're laying in bed, stewing, go, go away, go and sit on the beach, look at a sunset come up, you know, whatever. And the message will come sounds a bit spiritual but i've seen it, it so is, many times it is.
0: Now. Uh, i think for me you and i are i've learned from our conversations and our our awesome chats is we are we are business business minds and we're business orientated but for me i don't know if it's the same for you but business has been a spiritual uh, awakening for me and has been a become a spiritual path for me more so than money 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 at the start you know of course like you, you actually mentioned this to me when I came on your podcast. You said last time we chatted on your podcast, the podcast was the first time, I seemed far more uh, aggressive towards goals and far more different energy than what I was now. And yeah, I agree because at the start, I was like, let's get this show on the road, right, uh, versus slowing down. Do you find that people, I was going to ask this question later on, but we're on, the, we're on this thread, do you find that some- I kind of know what
1: you're going to say. I, I kind of know what you're going to say, but you say it anyway.
0: <laughs> where, where people are so conditioned, and it happened to me, that so conditioned into and have learned that the startup phase, you need to work, 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 and hustle, 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 and go hard, 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 that so many people do get stuck in that uh, because that happened to me, and it's really hard to work my way out of like, hang on, like, why don't I just stop and slow down? Do you find a lot of people get stuck there?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I certainly did. I remember when I started Join Up Dots, we used to talk about flexing mm-hmm. the hustle muscle and and grinding Oof. your way through. And I was a yeah. great believer in that. And in those days, it was all things like Gary mm-hmm. Vaynerchuk and people like that saying, I work harder than anyone. And if you're doing 16 hours a day, I'm doing 30 <laughs> hours a day. And you go, well, that's not even possible. You know, how are you doing 30 hours a day? And um, I I do come from a background of what work i believe that if you're supposed to be at your desk at eight o'clock you're at your desk at quarter to eight you know and you're the last one left and I, i i have that kind of blue collar mentality so it's very difficult when you're seeing people in an online environment saying they do 15 minutes a day and they but now i listen to that and i go Yeah, because they're doing the right 15 minutes a day. They're doing the right 15 minutes a day that actually gets them going. So all that stuff about training yourself, I had a terrible time. I I went into burnout. Um, I had loads of health issues because I almost got so trained into doing 16 hours a day. You know, I remember one day I did something like 15 hour plus podcasts back to back, you know. And I started off at like eight o'clock in the morning and I was still going 15 hours later and I was doing the production and everything in between them. And the sweat was pouring off me because physically, mentally, listening to that many conversations and trying to drive it. But I just thought to myself, you know, if somebody is going to do three podcasts a week, I'll do seven podcasts a week. If somebody and I just thought that doing more and more and more would tip tip it over to where i wanted to be but once again it comes back to what i said at the beginning it's not it's quality you can do a hundred podcasts and if they're rubbish and nobody wants to listen to them then it's not going to do anything good it's much better to do one you know you used to work in corporate land did you yeah oh okay well i used to work in corporate land and we used to go into board meetings and there was always one or two guys in two hours never said anything. And then when they did open their mouth, you thought, yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, I was the person that would open their mouth constantly whenever there was a gap because I felt like I needed to to feel that. Um, And once again, that's a message that I should have picked up on when I was back in those days, that slow down, listen, bide your time, and then hit that home run when it happens. And so those people that are doing 15 minutes, they're doing that. They're just biding their time, biding their time, jumping on that wave when it comes along, and then getting that momentum instead of just paddling, paddling, paddling.
0: And I, so I learned this from a previous business partner of mine and mentor um, because he helped me get out of the... Work, work, work really hard, change my whole business model and basically change, like turn this into a lifestyle business. Um, where I, you know, I like to work 20 hours a week, you know. And before that, it was, you know, we have very similar stories where we, I got really sick, had too many coaching clients. And to get to that stage for me was, and I want to share this story so everybody else can hear it. That to get to that stage where I only I do less and maybe it was 15 minutes a day or maybe it's two hours a day, right? I needed to work out if I've only got two hours a day of work, what are the most important things I need to be doing in my business? And then once I know those things, I can focus on those in that particular time. And I know that they're going to be things that are going to drive the business or support the, my team in the business. So it might just be one hour phone call with the team and it might be a one hour podcast with somebody uh, and it changes and evolves. Uh, but then I've, I know, that's, know that, that's what's going to drive the business. It's like the, it's not just the 80-20, you still it down. It's really like the, the 90-10, right?
1: I have spoken to so many people. i I've, I... Been doing my podcast mm, for 10 congratulations. years. Congratulations. And um, I, I must have, yeah, thank you. It's, it's quite a sort of milestone, really. But I've spoken to so many CEOs and business owners that found that their business multiplied when they left the office and went on six months road trips. And they said they were just driving along and then suddenly, ah, that's a great idea, jot it down. And then they'd come along and then, oh, that's And then when they actually connected with the office, they had about six or seven things that they couldn't possibly have seen if they was in the office environment doing it. And that, that really says it, doesn't it? That says everything, that they're not in the office, but their brain's working. And if you allow, allow your computer to work, it will solve it. I had a guy on my show, can't remember what his name was, but he used to say all the time, we've got a billion dollar bio computer in our head that very few people are using. And he was saying that basically he would go into an office as a consultant He would just walk around and he would jot down all their problems. He would put it by the side of the bed. He'd sleep on it and he'd wake up the next morning and go in and charge him 15 grand for the solution. And he said, you know, it was just that his his body, his biocomputer was able to decipher what needed to be done when he wasn't doing. You know, I'm into this thing called Taoism and um, Taoism has been a big life changer for me and one of the things it has is non-doing and what it means by that is not not do anything but just do what needs to be done and i always reference nature but you know nature always knows that spring is going to be before summer and summer's going to be before autumn and you never get an oak tree racing to grow any, it just does what it needs to do to get there. Um, and everything gets done. Um, and it's, it's a real, it, it has been a real wake up call for me. And I can talk about this forever and a day. And most people will roll their eyes if they're not at that stage of understanding that what we're saying is the truth. You know, if they're still in that, yeah. that grind, 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 they're never going to listen to this and go, yeah, that's what I need to do next. Because we of are. Trained we, into we,
0: you trained yourself into it. I trained myself into it. And then you've got to get the next step. You've got to train yourself out of it, out of it into a new strategy, which is a strategy that you're talking about. And, you know, what, what worked for me is like when you said, you know, you've had so many CEOs come on, founders, and they've said that their business has multiplied when they got out of the office. Uh, I actually tracked this in my life um, over the last sort of three years, And found that the less work that I do and the more that I will go for a surf, play tennis or have fun, do something that's like joyful, right? Like for me to become more aligned with my soul's purpose, I need to be happy, right? And I need to find what I love. So the more that I do things that I love, the less that I can work and also the less that I can work it also pushes me into like working on the small, the few things that one to two hours a day of those things that are important. And I know they're important. And when it comes time to me being able to do the work and listen to the key words, me being able to do the work, like I get to do the work, I'm excited because I've got so much more energy and excitement from sitting in the water out in the surf, playing tennis, going on a hike, whatever it is, I get to come back to my work and work on it and work on only the most important things. And when I'm excited to create something amazing, I do create something amazing. When I'm not excited to create something, it's because I'm on the hamster wheel, right? It's like when you're doing like 15 podcasts in one day, it's like how good were those podcasts compared to like the one you've done in that one week that you're like, yes, I'm really excited to do this one.
1: It's funny actually, because I... what. It resonates big time with me. But I look back on 15 years of me working, 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 and a lot of that stuff's crap. And I look back on it and I think – there was membership sites there was this and there was that and stuff and it didn't sell and that didn't sell and and I look back on it now and I think yeah because it was just rubbish it was me trying to force trying to force instead of getting that bit that you're excited and you come back to your computer and you start working on it and two hours has passed and you hadn't really noticed and you were in the flow and you look at it and you go I wouldn't change a thing on that. that that's amazing that's brilliant um yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it, really, how desperate we are to create when actually we should aw- wait for our body to say, I'm ready to create.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Like, Apologies, my camera's just turned off, but we do just do better work. And when we do that as well, what I have noticed is we become a magnet. We become a magnet for the type of work that we're supposed to do and the opportunities that we're supposed to get uh, do pop up because we're we're becoming far more magnetic too and far more aligned with what we're supposed to be doing versus trying to force stuff, right? We're opening ourselves up to allow those things that we're supposed to be doing to come to us rather than like force ourselves in a direction that we think <laughs> mentally that we're supposed to go in. And that's a, you know, I've done that in my life so many times where... Sometimes, you know, it is just worth taking action to, t- for, for action's sake, like to learn stuff and fumble around and, and, and learn a few things. But if you don't come back and take a step back and then like digest and process it, then you just keep forging a path that can take you further away from what we're supposed to do here, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I, I've, I've got a product that I'm launching shortly, really. And it was never part of the plan. It was never part of anything. But it's, mm. it's, it came to me through an issue that I had. And I started talking to other people. And I said, Oh, yeah, I've got that same issue. And I thought, okay, I'll see if I can sort this. Now, I did have an imposter syndrome going, well, who are you to be able to sort this if so many people have got the problem themselves? But all I did was become really quiet and really sort of just focus and and concentrate. And I I bought the URL a year ago today, basically. And uh, I built the website and I got all that going and stuff. But the actual content, I've just spent like a year thinking about it, not doing much at all, just sort of thinking about it. And now I've got the answer. But that was never, never, never part of my plan. My plan 15 years ago, uh, well, I look back on it now and the plan was awful. It would have just been having clients constantly. It would have been having Zoom meetings. I would just just been in my computer all the time. And now I'm rarely there. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that I would say to people out there, if you're struggling, just be aware that you're learning because whatever you're struggling on won't be the thing that you're going to be doing in about two or three years anyway. It's just a stepping stone. It's a dot to where you are going to end up and you probably don't even know it now. There you go. You're back. You're even more handsome now. <laughs> and you must have <laughs> put a filter on it.
0: Uh, absolutely. Like coming back to that, you know, I find that we don't know our full potential even mentally like that we try to conceptualize our full potential and this is where manifesting and the personal development world sort of gripes me a little bit. I've got a fair few um, on uh, like personal development suckisms that I love to I have been proving wrong for a few years in my own life and with friends and stuff and getting them to poke holes at my theories. Um, And I would like to come out with a book on it one day or do some work around it. But one of them is that we do have this vision. um, And this is coming full circle back to the start of our uh, conversation where I wanted to touch on like having vision to have some trust in the process to move forwards and how you can hold on to that vision when times are tough and believe in it at the same time there's this weird thing that what i visualized for my life was limited really and it's a, it's a, can be a, can be a, it can be good at a certain stage in our journey i feel but also at the same time is like if we say we're going to achieve x results we also put a glass ceiling or a, a, you know, a top off as that's the pinnacle when we don't really know our full human potential at all. Like we can try and conceptualize it mentally, but that also blocks us off from like manifesting something that's far more beautiful or far more beautiful life than what we can mentally conceptualize. Have you seen or felt the same thing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, 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 Well, I I have. I have. I I realized when I broke that ceiling, it wasn't me setting a goal. It wasn't me saying, by the end of this year, I want to have a squillion dollars in the bank and all that kind of stuff. My number one goal, and it's still my number one goal, is how do I have total time freedom? How have I got total time control? And that is my, my driving force. You know, today I looked at my calendar and I thought, "Oh, I've got Jared." Uh, and then, I'm but other than that, I can do anything that I want whenever I want. Um, and the only thing that restricts me is podcasts, where I've made a decision to do a podcast. Somebody else has got to meet me, and then so you've got to be there at that time. Everything else, it it drives me to make decisions based on. If I do this, is that going to take me away from having total time freedom? Is that going to take me away from being able to go, no, we'll do that today? Um, give you an example. My wife said to me last night, she said, what days are you working this week? And now that, that's really made me sort of smile as I was driving along because it was a question that so many people don't have. People have to work every single day. And when she said, what days are you working? And um, I said, oh, well, what days do you want me to work? And she said, well, do you fancy going to the movies on Wednesday lunchtime? And I said, what is it? And she said, it's a new Robert De Niro film. I said, fine, let's do it. So I didn't even have to look in my calendar because I knew that there's nothing in there for me to be restricted by. I can just do what I want. Um, And so that's, that's when I realized that my ceiling could be broken, not by setting any fixed goals. But just by creating a lifestyle goal, that gave me the opportunity to just do whatever I want. I've, I have read the four-hour week, uh, four-hour work week, many, many years ago. And uh, I've got it up there, and I haven't read it for probably 10 years. It's probably not that relevant now. But there was a couple of bits in there that I, I remember. And one of the bits he was talking about, Tim Ferriss, he was saying how he spent four days in Argentina, flying over vineyards and spent about $400 in the process. And he said, people want to be a millionaire, or that's what I thought, until I realized that people don't want to be a millionaire. They want to live like millionaires live. And so when you can have time freedom and you can just go, oh, let's go away. Oh, let's look at the flights a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars. Oh, if we go next Thursday at seven o'clock in the morning, $70. Oh, we take that one. You know, your life actually transforms because then you're not having to earn as much money to be able to have the lifestyle that you want. It all becomes cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and under your own control. And that's what people can't see people. And it's difficult when you've got kids and you have to go when the kids are at school and all that kind of stuff, but. Everything transforms when you start making personalized decisions about what you want and not business decisions. And by you deciding to, I want to be surfing two hours a day, you then start making business decisions which allow that to fit in. And what you're actually saying, Jared, is I want to be as effective as I possibly can in my business because I want to go swimming two hours a day, instead of saying I've got 24 hours to sit in front of my computer, I'm going to use all those 24 hours. Um, and most of it is just rubbish, rubbish, yeah, rubbish it work. Really it really it is. Really
0: is. Uh, I heard it on a podcast or I read it in a book where some uh, it was a, there was a man who was quite successful in business and he got really, really sick and he was flying around all these different countries and he realized that when he got sick and couldn't perform, the business didn't really, didn't really perform. And he realized that the business wasn't the asset which is most people we think, ah, business is is the Mm. asset. I'm talking about the, capital T-H-E, the asset. When really the business can come and go, the business model, like you said, membership, coaching, whatever, all that sort of stuff, who cares, it can come and go. But the asset is you. The asset is the person that can buy a different model, build a different business model, uh, sell one, you know, the asset is you learning the all these things along the process along the way. And the if you don't look after that asset, by giving that asset, absolutely everything that it wants, i.e. if you want to go for a walk with your partner, go for a walk with your partner in the middle of the day. If you want to go see the movies, you know, at, you know, 1.30 in the middle of the day on a Wednesday, do it, you know, because it's you're going to be happier, you're going to you're really feeding the asset and the better the asset is the better everything else flows from there
1: yeah Yeah. i'll tell you a little story when i started off um i basically was in my job corporate gig decided to quit and i thought i'd be a web designer because i quite like making websites and different things and after three days of doing that i thought i hate this I really hate this, but what can I do? What can I do? You know, I've, I've just quit my job. I need something. And um, I, I fell into podcasting. And podcasting was a natural fit. I, I've been used to communicating. I used to do training and development courses, standing in front of conferences and stuff. So it was a natural fit. But to transform it into money was very difficult because I missed out on a fundamental part that my Every business that I do now is based on, on, on this four-letter mm. word. And it, I, I look at it and go, does this fall into this four-letter word? And if it doesn't, I'm not having it. So I've got a, an offline shop, which is a car parts shop, okay? And we sell oil filters. We sell filter, you know. This is and your, I this use is it your a family business so I that go you go into? Is that right? Yeah. 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 It was a family business. Mum yeah. and dad was going to sell it and because it wasn't doing very well. And I thought, oh, I could turn this around. And so I bought it. And um, interestingly enough, even though you know a lot about a business, until you actually run an offline business and you've got employees and stuff, and you've got to pay their pensions and their PAYE and all these kind of stuff, it's a world apart. But anyway, so I looked at it and I thought, does this fall in to this four-letter word and I thought yes it does and the, the, the four-letter word is need do people need oil filters do people need spark plugs do people need this yeah they do that's 75 percent forward in a business and then I thought to myself what are people needing more of and so they've got electric cars so me and my brother have started a business called EV charges electric vehicle charges.pro that we go around fitting electric charging points on the side of houses so when people buy their cars Mm -hmm. they need Mm -hmm. to charge them and they plug it in and so everything now i look at and i go do people need it if they can't get their car started they need that if they can't do this they need that and the effort of creating the business is magically transformed because you almost don't have to convince anyone and I see a lot of people mm. starting new businesses that I say to them, number one, I don't really understand this. I don't understand what you're trying to offer here, especially in the life coaching realms and the business coaching realms and stuff. Um, and secondly, I say, do people really need this? If they was on a desert island or if they were broken down in a, in a mm-hmm. road across Australia, they need would a tow truck? And you turned up and you were offering sort of um, time management <laughs> services. Do people really need that or is it yeah. just a want, you know? And um, that, that really transformed everything for me again, just looking at that and saying, can I create a need business that allows me to be free from everything and not really being involved in it until I want it? And it's, it seems too obvious to say. And the, the more you need something – like this new business that I'm creating at the moment, mm. it's a big need and it's a pain point and it's, there's about 31,000 people a month Googling mm. for this thing. And so I think to myself, well, you only need a few of those yeah. and it's, it's sort of job done. But need, yeah, you've, need,
0: need, need. This is the opposite of what people have been taught and a, I feel a lot of people believe is uh, you need a million dollars. You, you just need a million-dollar idea. Whereas a million-dollar idea is you're coming up with something brand new that the market doesn't know that it wants or doesn't need it, like like really. Whereas if you find what you're saying, that need, is you're finding a pool of people <clears throat> that are like, there's demand. You're finding where the demand is and then you're just going away and that product is the supply. You're like, here you go. This is what you guys need. Here's the supply. And I wanna I wanna circle back to where we started in the conversation, David, around the difficult times in business uh, and getting getting through those. And I, I mentioned that one one way that can help people sort of like at the start of their, you know, taking action, a lot of action at the start of their journey. One thing that can help people is, you know setting up a setting up a goal and and visualizing that goal and 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 believing in that which i feel works to a certain extent when then we start to realize that can become limiting where a lot of a lot of like a lot of our beliefs do become limiting and we can outgrow them if we can if we can conceptualize that do you find how like for you and i i don't know like in me innately i've just got this Trust, right? This this trust in, like, I trust myself a lot. Like, I back myself. And I know that you do too. But it's not that I just back myself, but I back the universe to give me what I need at the right time. And I know this is going into pretty spiritual land here. And it might, you know, I, I hope we're not m- losing people because this is really the. S- secret stuff to my success really is is this is this trusting in myself whatever the world's going to throw at me it's going to be it's it's for a reason and I'm going to learn from it and the universe is going to give me what I want and need at the time I need it whether I like it or not like a google update happens it's not what I want right Mm. but it's what I need and I guess that sort of is one part of the answer of like how do we help people or how do you, how how do you how did you discover this for yourself? Like, and when did you discover this? And and do you talk to people about this as business owners and how they can start to trust in the process, even when we're so freaking scared that like, am I going to lose all my money and do I have to go back to my regular job or whatnot?
1: I'm going to link this to Elton John. This is a strange story, but but years years and years ago, I worked in a very posh bank up in London and um we had butlers we had you know people that would bring us food at our desk and drinks and stuff and um i got really friendly with one of the butlers and the butler used to um battle for elton john and um he said to me he said elton john once said oh no he said to him you know how do you know that you're going to be able to write a song? How do you actually know that you're going to be able to sit there and just get some words and write a hit song? And Elton John said to him, I trust the process. He said, it's as simple as that, but Elton John just knew that if he sat there, he could do it. it. It was nothing more than that. And this butler, he went to Sydney. He emigrated to Sydney. And he said he basically wrote a list of what he needed when he was in Sydney. And it was like, um, I need a flat, and then I need a job, and then I need a bed, and then I need... And at each stage, he would write this list of things. And he said, I used to walk around the streets and then find a mattress discarded. Or I saw a poster in a window that said, you know, bed on offer, free. And he said, it wasn't even that it was being given to me. He said, it was being given to me in the order that I wrote it on the list. And I remember thinking, really? You know, really? You know, that that's just mad. But 30, and we're talking about 30 years down the line, I can see that's true. Now, what's he saying? And what's Elton John saying? That what they're saying is, believe in yourself. Become as good as you possibly can. You know, when Elton first sat at the piano, he wasn't writing hit songs. He was just writing something, you know, but by doing it time and time again, it builds up that trust muscle. And I think that once you get that trust muscle in you, that you say, oh, it's not working. Let's walk away. Let's leave it for a few days. It'll be all right. Or yeah, it is working. Let's go for it. You, you see magic occur. And we're not talking hocus-pocus. We're not talking sort of miracles. All we're saying is there's so many things going on constantly in the world. Literally, we're bombarded by things. We walk past people. There's things that go past on buses. There's you know It's just things all the time. But if you trust yourself, you get back to what the Beatles were saying, something will happen. Because there's so much whizzing around us. Something is whizzing around us all the time. But you've just got to look around and go, what do I need next? And it's taken me 30 years to join up all these messages that people were giving me that was life wisdom that I wish I had. But of course, you can't get given life wisdom. You've got to earn life wisdom. And that's why when you see some old guy sitting on a bench, talk to him, you know, there's a brilliant thing on YouTube and they ask these hundred year olds, what advice would they give their younger self, you know, and it's about a 16 minute um, video and literally all of it was enjoy life more, you know, and and it just comes down to that. It was just enjoy life more because if you get to the end of the day and you get into your bed and you pull a duvet up to your neck, you're doing damn sight better than the majority of people, you know. And the people that are sitting there walking along, listening to podcasts, putting their MP3 players on, getting on the train, all those dots have led you up to that point. You've made those decisions. You decided to take that job. You decided to get on that train. You decided to do that. So just turn that thinking on, Mm, I want another story you know, and, and trust. Trust the process, trust process. And that's
0: so, so good. The the trust, like I want to talk about the trust muscle, like flexing this trust, trust muscle that you mentioned. And I want to share a, a little bit of a story on how I have learned to trust the process and flex my trust muscle to trust in myself. And I don't, you know, to be honest, back in the day, like I did all the person development stuff and I did the affirmations and I basically faked it until I made it, right? I wasn't from a solid – I wasn't grounded, right? I wasn't solid and, uh, yeah, rooted with my, with, with my confidence. I faked it, to be honest, and, and I told myself that I was, you know, all these sorts of things and I would achieve all these sorts of things and it was built on air. It was built on nothing at the start. And so I had to reverse engineer how, and I'd love to hear how you build your trust muscle, but I had to reverse engineer how I built my trust muscle or trust in myself to be like, I've got this, right? I've got this for myself. And if like my friends and my family need support, like I'm I'm the man, right? And I don't say that with air or built on air or fluff anymore. It's like, consider it done, right? So <clears throat> That only happened from one – it started a snowball from the first moment that I uh, – one of my partners, it was actually nine years ago, she, um, she used to like beat herself up a lot on like not achieving certain things. And she hired um, somebody and was speaking to a therapist and the therapist said to her, I need to – you need to – what you need to do is you need to count your small wins, you needed to, you know, not discount like all these other things that you've done, right? Like maybe you didn't get this thing done or achieved in this certain time at this, you know, this level right now where you're at in your life. But what about all the other things that you've done, right? And this is what I do whenever I speak to, um, have coaching clients and we, we have our mastermind, we always rock up, and we always share a win. And the win doesn't need to be, I made 10 grand today. Uh, it can be, this morning, I woke up and I didn't want to work, but I knew I had to, so I did it. That's a huge win, right? So we share our wins and then we count those wins. And I think for me, where my trust muscle really, where I started to do the heavy reps, and the heavy lifting is when I was down and out and I achieved something like keeping my head afloat, right? For example, my first year in this business, I made just under half a mil. The year after that, I was spending five grand a month every single month, right? Just, just like trusting, trusting and hoping that I would come out of this, and uh, you know, build this, and had to revolutionise my whole business. And this is what this is story I've been sharing with a lot of people is that I was going backwards a lot right in my finances and i took a i took a job i was doing sales calls i was like i'm just gonna just make it happen my partner's like let's go traveling and spend all this money i'm like can do we have to uh but that it, when i look back at that that process i go I've, that's a massive win for me to count so whenever any, anything ever pops up now in the future for me i'm like i've got this right like i built up a a bank account of things and experiences where i put faith and trust in myself and i've come out on top and that bank account i think is very helpful for people in times like this where they're like oh like is this you know am i doing the right thing and yeah. and staying the process so that's sort of yeah, like one yeah. and, a, and a mixture of ways that i've helped build my trust muscle have you got some stuff that you've used? Yeah. And- well, can I uh, yeah, can course. I just reach up yeah, for a
1: book? I'll show absolutely. you a book. Okay, one second.
0: And whilst he reaches up for this book, like there's so many little things that we can do to, to count our small little wins, and we need to build ourselves to get to that point.
1: In front of me, it was in front of me, The Power of the Subconscious Mind, right? So it's by Joseph Murphy. Now, I read that a lot. And I do still do affirmations. I constantly do affirmations on physical things. And I've seen miracles occur. For for example, my hair, right, it doesn't look that thick. But there was a time a few years ago that it was literally disappearing. It was absolutely disappearing. And through stress and, and sort of overwork and stiffness different things and I just thought okay I'm going to be one of those bald guys you know as, as you get older you lose your hair and I started reading this book and basically you've got two levels of your mind you've got the conscious mind you've got a subconscious mind and the, the conscious mind is the ones that you you make the decisions of what you're going to do I'm going to have a sandwich I'm going to talk to Jared today but the subconscious mind is the real powerful thing and um, I started using what this says in this book to actually Build that trust muscle, really have that belief that, hey, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's almost like you, do you remember Dumbo used to have that magic feather? And if he had the feather, he could fly. And if he didn't, and once you actually give yourself that feather in your hand, you feel like you've got a suit of armor on. You feel like anything can just be bashed away. And this, this was a great book, and it repeats like all self-development books do. You could write it in 30 pages when they do it for 300 pages. But, but the, the, the basis of it is is if you want something and you really, really believe it, it will come true. As long as you put work into it and effort into it and, and do the right things. And what I talk a lot about to my clients now, and I, I have very few clients like you, um, but I say to them, if you went into a shop, say say you wanted to cook a really romantic meal for your partner. And you went into a shop and you bought a nice piece of steak and you bought some mushrooms and you were going to do a big meal. And then you came home and you went into a room that didn't have an oven. You're not going to make that, that meal. It's not going to happen. So you've got to set the conditions right to make the success happen you've got to get the tools out you've got to get the oven out you've got to get it to the right temperature you've got to put the steak in at the right time and I find that a lot of people are trying to create success in their life without setting the right conditions and so they are trying to do it on a laptop um, where people are walking all around them no go to a quiet space you know, lock yourself away. Um, keep away from your kids. Say to your kids, "Look, just for an hour, I, I don't want to be contacted." You know, and you've got to set those conditions right. And once you set those conditions right, physically and and environmentally, i.e., where you're working, then you've got more than fifty percent chance to actually make things happen. But you can't just turn on the laptop and expect miracles to happen. You can't turn on the the laptop, as you say, and expect inspiration to hit. You've got to do things to feel inspired. You've got to do things to feel rested. You've got to do things to feel creative. So I spend more time now doing things that allow me to create those conditions. One of the things I do is swim every single day. And um, while I'm just doing... 40, 50 lengths, whatever, and I'm not thinking about anything about my breathing, something will come into my head and think, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And then I've created that condition, that environment to actually come back and and make it happen. So it all ties up with that trust. It all comes into trusting the process. It all comes into not being stressed, not being pressured, just doing what needs to be done and i don't know about you jared but i think that if you've done three really good things that day go go away go away go and binge watch netflix or or you know whatever you want to do but think to yourself what three things do i really need to do to sort of move this business forward and then focus on on those and make those
0: good (sighs) so good so good the we we've been taught, I believe, and conditioned through personal development. It's really good and it gets you started, but I do think it's quite limiting depending on different stages. And one of those is um, you said if you just do good, three good things a day, give, give up. Like you've done, you're done. Like you've done everything you need to do. You've set yourself up for success, right? Don't, don't stack it to be 50 or 100 things on your to-do list for the day. Or even 10, like if you do those two to three things, I used to call them ITF, important tasks first. And if you do your ITF, right? This is what I used to teach with my clients. If you do your ITF, then don't do anything else, right? Like we've been taught to be so damn productive with all of our time. My friend the other day, he said to me, oh, you know, do you you listen to a podcast like when you're doing the washing or when you're cooking or like when you're like, you know, just doing stuff? And I'm like, no. He's like, what do you mean? Like how, like, how do you keep learning? I'm like, I, I, I learn, I, I think about things and I process things and I digest them without me trying to do it, right? I just give myself a lot of blank space. And just by watching Netflix, like I, t- I test this as well. I did a couple of things a day. I do uh, two coaching calls and I'd have a podcast and I'd watch Netflix at 11 a.m. <laughs> and eat food. And I would watch Netflix without trying to learn I would just learn and come up with things that I've noticed in the content. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Like maybe that'll come into fruition for me one day um, versus like the, there's a certain level of unproductivity. And I, I, even Tim Ferriss has, has come out saying that he, you know, he went from being so damn productive to deciding to be unproductive on purpose. And that's where that's I think that's where we hit our genius zone and we start to become the best version of ourselves when we allow ourselves and when we don't be so strict on ourselves. I think there's a time to be strict and not.
1: I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree a billion percent. I really do. But I still am trapped in that you go to work. You have to work. My parents worked hard, so I need to work hard. And I still feel guilty. I've actually started saying to people now, I'm retired, because it's easier to say that than just saying, oh, I choose what I want to do when I want to do. People understand the concept of being retired more than they do yeah. <laughs> working two hours a day. You know, um, it, it, it doesn't fit naturally with, with how I see other mm. people's life being. And when people are racing here and racing there and picking the kids up and doing this and doing that and trying to get a dinner on the table at night mm. and falling into bed exhausted at the end of the day, I, I can see that everything there is almost out of their control. Yeah, it is. It is. Because, oh, I'll tell you what, I was thinking, yeah. you, you've got ITF, What's OPP? I have OPP, okay? OPP is uh, other people's yes, priorities. Yes, you did mention this,
0: but I want you where, to share this with everybody. I've heard these talk about yeah. this.
1: If an email comes through to me that says, oh, David, you know, I've been listening to your podcast and I really would like to connect and um, could we have 15 minutes, I think to myself, did I ask for that or did they ask for that? And I move it into my OPP folder, which I might come back to, but I've got quite a big folder of other people Mm -hmm. asking for stuff. And I look at it all and I think to myself, if I was on a planet where – I could do what I wanted to do every single day, would Mm. I have chosen that thing? Would I have chosen that 15-minute call? And that's why I don't do many of these, because I make a decision on, is this actually benefiting me, or is this benefiting the person? Now, Jared's a different kettle of fish, because when I connected with him, I thought, I'm going to give him a man hug if I see him because they felt yeah. such a strong connection that I, w- I would do these every day of the week. But OPP was, uh, yeah, a way of me mm. moving the ego away Making me think, oh, this person yeah. wants to speak to me. This yeah. person wants 15 minutes to me. All these virtual conferences that you see people going. I'm so delighted mm-hmm. to be on this virtual conference with all these other speakers. I think the only one who's benefiting from this is the mm-hmm. person running the virtual conference and selling the tickets. You know, just would you have chosen? Would you have chosen to do that? And if you wouldn't have chosen it, then it goes into it's a big
0: point. It's a big point because there's people that are wanting to get out of their regular day job. Um, People that listen to this want to get out of the regular day job and replace their income and have their own, uh, you know, control their own time. But you're right. Like you've mentioned this where people that have a job is that job, that boss controls your time. You've given, you go, here you go, here's my calendar. You can take the 40 hours and just put it wherever you want in the week. Right. And you've just given it. And I've got friends that I love them, but they have given their, their 40 hours to one person, which is their job, and they've given the rest, they don't run their own calendar, right? So they're given the rest to their partner. So they are the, actually, they are last on the list. It goes work, partner, their two kids, and then them. And I will come back into the country and be like, let's hang out. And I'll text them all these dates. So let me check, let me check with like these five other things that are, you know, and I get, you know, your your work is important, right, for you to get, you know, to put food on the table and all these things are important. But at the same time, like, start to claim them back if you can. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a flow. It's a flow. And I, I was there, you know, t- 20 years ago I had a heart attack. I thought I had a heart attack, but it turned out to be stress. And basically, I was getting up in the morning, I was having to catch the train, I was getting there, I was doing a training course, and then I was learning a subject to train in the afternoon. And then I had to get out at four o'clock because the kids were going to Cubs, and I had to get them to Cubs, and then I had to pick them up at six o'clock. And when they put me on a heart monitor, as soon as I woke up in the morning, my heartbeat was going to 165 beats a minute. Because I was just constantly chasing, 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 chasing. And that was because I gave my control away to every single other person. Every part of me was about just just being there because somebody else had told me I've got to be there at eight o'clock. I've got to be there at 10 o'clock. I've got to be there at four o'clock. Um, so I totally understand how people get into that situation. And I don't think there's any bad situation that I haven't got myself into. Over the years, you know, it's it's not that I've I sort of rode to Damascus early. I haven't. I've done every stupid thing known to man. I've I've affected my health. Um, you know, everything down to bad relationships and stuff. I've done the lot. And when you actually get to the moment where you go, "Am I making this decision?" I tell you, I read a book, right? I read a book, and this, this was a guy called T. Half Ecker. And I can't remember what the book was, but I just remember this thing. And it was one of those moments that I thought, oh my God. I actually almost had to pull the car over um, because I was listening to it on an audiobook. And he said, that thought you just had, is that your thought? Or is that every single person? Is that a teacher's fault that has trained you? Is that your parents' fault? Is that your boss's fault? Whose fault have you just had? And I thought to myself, I don't know. Maybe I'm not having my own faults. Maybe every fault that I've got is because of what somebody else has said to me or somebody else has trained me all my life. And it it blew me away. Now, I haven't resolved it. I'm not having total clarity of thoughts that nobody else has trained me for. But it does make me think to myself, am I doing that? Or because my mum always said to me, if you don't eat yeah. your peas, you're gonna go <laughs> blind. You know, it's it's all that stupid stuff that just oh, sort of becomes you.
0: One of my favourite things to do with my mum is to prove wives' tales wrong. Um and oh, it's so good. Oh yeah. I bet she loves you. <laughs> well she she does but like I Sometimes I know when I can push it and sometimes I know, you know, I know that she's got a level of thinking and societal conditioning that may that, that is different to my level of unconditioning and how I like to uncondition myself from is that my thought or is that, you know, something that I've learned from my coach at football, right? Or what everybody else has been saying at school or what I learned from my old boss as a plumber. How I started to consciously because um, sometimes we have these un- these thoughts unconsciously. But what I started to do consciously was grab some of those thoughts and go, is that true? Is that true to me? And also, can I prove it wrong? And that's why when I got into personal development, I just trusted the process so much until I got to a point where I was like, hang on, is absolutely everything that I'm learning true and correct and right for me in this time? And I've proven a lot of it wrong for me where I'm at in my journey and for where I feel a lot of people are at. And I think that's a really good, you know, thing to understand is like phew, we can be on so much autopilot without even understanding what we have been taught. And uh, with that, that's, that's the yeah. difference. So you and I, David, we are not normal human beings at all, right? And my...
1: I believe yeah. <laughs> that to be true on a daily basis, actually. Sometimes
0: not for the right <laughs> I'm reasons. Sure, I'm sure they are. But like I'm, I'm one of my fears is being normal. Like I don't want to be normal because I don't want to live a normal life. I want to live an extraordinary life. I don't want to be ordinary. But it is pretty ordinary to just go with the to, – to not to not take yourself back and give yourself the chance to think like independently, I guess and that's where that's where that's where people end up in 10 20 or 10 15 20 years down the line like damn like i didn't learn from david when he said watch this youtube video of these uh, wise wise people that are near at the end of their life they said just enjoy your life right i didn't i just didn't think about enjoying my life i just went and did all the things that i was supposed to tick off that i the media and the world has told me that is uh success so how did you I, I i'll
1: tell you a little story about this and, and what the whole conversation is what i always call why i see and i say to my family why i see you're in control you're in control of your faults you're in control of what to wear each day you're in control whether to have a shower in the morning or not to have every decision good or bad, you're in control. And once you take that good or bad and don't say, oh, it's because Jared got me up early in the morning that that's happened and because of this and because of that. And I see it with my daughter. My daughter is always looking for somebody to point the finger at that because her day was bad, it was because of this person. Once you get into why I see and just accept, then things will just... Sort of take control of themselves, really, and you know you are in control. You're in control of everything. Yeah, I, I find I find this fascinatingly simple, but also I know that once again, there's going to be people out there listening that are gritting their teeth and going, "If it was that simple, everyone would do it." Yeah, I understand, and because everyone isn't doing it, everyone isn't trying to be not normal they're getting the same results and they're getting the crumbs of that cake where Jared is saying, I'm not going to be normal here. I'm not going to do what everybody else does. I'm going to create my own path. Oh, there's not much competition on this path. I'm going to get more results because of this. And, um, you know, it's, it's annoyingly simple, but it's horrific to actually be able to achieve. Because you're going against everything you've ever been conditioned in, basically.
0: Such a good point. Apologies, my camera is playing funny buggers again. But the, it, is, it is hard. It is really, really hard to go against the grain. Because I'll give you an example. <clears throat> uh, people don't want to be judged, right? People have a fear of judgment. For me, bring it on. I don't care if you judge me. Because it's not my stuff, it's yours, right? So you can just prove that one wrong right there. It's like a lot of people are worried that how the world will see them. I don't care how the world sees them. I care about how I see myself. I care about how I show up, not how other people show up and how other people judge me. They're going to judge me anyway, whatever I do. If, I'm, if I become the next Elon Musk, which I do not want to do, then I'm going to get judged because Elon Musk gets judged, right? Everybody does. Yeah. So judge, judge away, but if people have these fears of like, you know, stepping outside the boundary, like I'm so different, like everybody in my life, my friends, my family, people that I meet, they're like, this dude's, this dude's old, right? He's different. And I am in my own unique way. And I'm, I'm happy with that. And I think that if more people, I'm becoming, and I'm not perfect, and I always want to, Grow and evolve and become a better version of myself. Um, but I feel if people decide to start to lean into doing more of what just feels nice and good for them, they're going to be better versions of themselves, and they're the yeah. asset. Yeah, um, when going I was going businesses. back
1: to corporate again, when I was in corporate land, I used to be told by the Boulder directors and stuff, "David, you're a maverick. You're a maverick," and it was like a it was like a bad thing, and it used to drag itself around with me from job to job wherever I went I got told I was a maverick and uh, I look back on it now and I think no it was a great thing it was a brilliant thing and it it led me to quit my job and go out and do my own thing against the norm Um, and being a maverick is just thinking your own thoughts and doing your own stuff and I used to look at it all the time thinking to myself this is stupid why am I here eight hours a day I could do this in four hours um, you know and I used to question everything and when you start questioning everything you realize that everything is false everything is once again it's what somebody else has told you or or what you're led to believe. Um, i I just I just find it mind-blowingly beautiful this conversation because I forget it. And sometimes I get a bit overwhelmed by stuff, but actually it's it's simple. Look after yourself, rest, keep yourself at peak condition and do what you can do. And if you do those three things every day and you've done 21 things uh, a week um, and you've done, what's that, 84 things a month,
0: you know, that, that
1: really builds momentum quick.
0: Absolutely. That, that's, that comes down to not the 80-20, but the... You know the ninety ten of like the few things that you need to do a day, which we can categorise into the ITF, right? Important tasks, um, yeah, and your own priorities. T-
1: I tell you what, Jared, when I started join up dots many years ago, just jumping in, yeah, literally every person used to say. Yeah, I get up in the morning and I go straight to the gym and I do half hour there and then I come back and I write in a gratitude book and then I do some meditation and I used to think, really? How do you get anything <laughs> yeah. done? If you're doing all that silly stuff, yeah. how do you yeah. get anything done? You know, just get up and crack on with it. But what they they were doing is what I was saying. They were setting the conditions right. They were creating that meal for that day by – getting the oven on and getting the temperature right and all that kind of, you know, stuff. It's, it's once again, it's a lesson that I couldn't see. It, people were telling me time and time again, every single episode, they wasn't getting up and just steaming into it instantly for the whole day. They were getting up. You, you look about 30 years younger again. I don't know what you're doing. Um, it, it's like Tom Hanks in Big. You're suddenly going to be about five by the end of this podcast.
0: Yeah, sorry, I was jumping in between trying to get my camera back on but you're right like it's they they are setting themselves up for success right it's like you said cooking that amazing steak is like they're they're doing the things that are going to set them up for success to prepare a beautiful meal and prepare a beautiful life and yeah David I'm like just charged on this on this uh this conversation and as always we have the best conversation so i just am truly grateful for you coming on and uh yeah sharing everything you've learned all of all the dots that you've joined up um speaking of that where can people go and find out more about your podcast
1: easiest place is just google join up dots and um We'll be at the top and you can see everything there. And what we try to do basically through JoinUpDots, Dots, we teach you how to create your own online income and your own online business, but it's not there on the website. You know, I always say to people, send me an email, send me an email because I think sending an email is the most powerful thing that anyone can do. Joinupdots at gmail.com because that's actually putting your, yourself into something. You know, you're actually thinking about what you're typing. You're actually sending something with intent. And once you create that intent, you've got the ball rolling. So you can listen to the podcast. You can listen to everything, and it's not it's not um, sousy. It's not prescriptive. I'm never going to tell you that it's the right path. It's the wrong path. Whatever. All we say to you is, "Why I see you're in control."
0: Absolutely. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I don't always ask you guys to subscribe, but if you haven't already, give that a crack. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, YouTube Watcher. If you thought that video was good, you should check out this video here on the two best types of websites beginners should buy. Or check out my playlist on how I made my first 100K from buying websites and how to do due diligence. Check it out is an awesome playlist. You'll enjoy it.